Hello, and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we're going to have a practical lesson, if you will, on meditation. We did an episode a while back. I want to say it was October 2020. But we did an episode on meditation where I just went through the types of meditation. This time I'm going to do a couple of guided meditations. Meditation is a way to access the bigger than, the greater than. And meditation is a way to access the greater than, whether the greater than you is a deity or a sense of belonging or your shadow self. We meditate for many reasons and in many ways. There's lots of guided meditations for people who are new to the practice. When I'm doing meditations for people who have never meditated before, I always suggest going with a relaxation guided meditation. Meditation is very helpful to practitioners trying to access their power or communicate with their deity. And I've been using some variation of meditation from a very young age. Let's not forget that prayer is a form of meditation. It's focused structure or completely unstructured as thought. Time to contemplate, to pray, or to work towards emptiness. So I'm going to present a couple of guided meditations that might be able to help you start the practice of meditation especially meditation to talk to deities or spirit guides. At the end of the episode, we're going to chat a little bit about the meditations that we've been working with recently. There will be spaces for you to pause this podcast so that you can take your time with each section as you need. But in general, I believe that the act of sitting with the intention of speaking to the spirit or the greater than, in whatever way you define that, is just as important. So our first meditation is going to be one of my personal favorites for communicating with many spiritual creatures and beings. It's how I personally choose to communicate with my primary deity. It's how she opts to come to me. Um, it does have a little, it does help a little bit if you've done some thinking in advance about who you are looking to connect with, but also try not to have any preconceived notions of what they may or may not look like, or, or even to some extent who is going to come to you in these meditations. This meditation does require just a little bit of early prep work. I like to tell the people that I guide to have some sort of idea of the space where you'll feel safest. But if you're trying to connect with a deity, you're also going to want to know what sort of space they prefer and what sort of offerings they require. This is a visualization meditation, which means you're going to be, so you're going to be picturing or imagining these actions. As with most meditations, we're going to start by finding a quiet spot where you will not be interrupted for 20 minutes, half hour. That's up to you. You're going to sit comfortably and breathe deeply. Focus on the breathing. In, out. In, out. In, out. When you're ready, visualize yourself in a meadow. Feel the breeze gentle on your skin. 
smell the fresh scent of grass and flowers. Feel the warmth of the sun beating on your head. Take all the time you need to let your feet connect with the earth in this visualization space. And when you're ready, begin walking this landscape. You'll soon come to a liminal space. This liminal space may be a stream with a bridge or a simple door in the meadow. Whatever this transition space is, it's time to enter it. And as you move through this space, you will leave your worries behind. You may choose to leave your worries behind by visualizing dropping each worry in the stream or leaving them like shoes at the doorway. When you cross into this new space, take some time to look around. Notice as many details as you can. This is a sacred space. This is the safest space. What does it look like? What does it smell like? What sounds can you hear in this space? Take all the time that you need to explore this safe space for as long as you need to feel truly safe and truly comfortable. And when you are comfortable, it is time for you to create the offering space for your guides or deities. This can be as simple or elaborate as you and your gods want. Visualize the space you leave your offerings and where you will learn their wisdom. Leave the offerings. Offer any prayers or invitations you need to bring their attention to you and wait. It may take time. When they are ready, they will come to the altar. And when they come to the altar, approach with respect. Ask them your questions. When and if they answer, thank them. This is an exchange of energy and love. Take as long as you need. Know that you are allowed and encouraged to ask for what you need. But also remember, not all questions will get answers. 
when you're done, it's time to thank them. Time to walk back to the metal, carrying with you what you have learned. Return through liminal space. And when you are in the meadow, reconnect with the earth and let it slowly bring you back to the now. Open your eyes when you are ready. You may want to journal or otherwise record what you have experienced. Okay, for our second meditation, this is one I find super helpful for beginners to meditation. To prepare for this one, you're going to want to find a pictorial representation of the deity that you're trying to connect with. Or if you're trying to connect with your ancestors, uh, pictures of your ancestors, maybe pictures of your homeland, wherever that may be, some sort of visual representation of the thing you're trying to connect with. When you will want to prepare an area where you can sit comfortably while looking at this picture that you have chosen. And there will be um, a brief discussion at the end of this about some landscape paintings. So with our, like with our first meditation, sit comfortably, take several deep breaths. In and out. In and out. In and out. When you are ready, begin looking with intention at the picture you have chosen. Start somewhere near the edges and work your way inward. Imagine what it smells like, feels like, sounds like. Imagine yourself in the painting. Slowly visualize yourself approaching the image of the spirit or deity. Introduce yourself. Ask if you may sit a while and talk. If they say yes, begin your conversation. Ask what you wish to ask. And remember, they may tell you unexpected things. Or they may wish to not answer your questions right now but perhaps they have other information for you. Take as long as you need to sit with the deity and let them share with you. If you've chosen a landscape painting, feel free to begin to wander the landscape. Ex 
explore behind trees. Walk through paths. If you find spirits, ancestors, or deities while you wander the landscape, feel free to ask them if they wish to share any wisdom with you. If they say no, thank them and return to this moment. When you are ready to leave the picture, simply turn around and walk back into this moment. I have used this meditation to enter the landscape of certain spiritual beings. Using landscape pictures and visualizing myself in that landscape, um, if I'm searching for cosmic beings, which is a practice that I've taken up in the last two or three years, I will use space images or those from science fiction. And, you know, we can have a conversation about pop magic in the very near future because that is some amazing stuff to be working with. What is pop magic? Pop magic is just using pop culture mm -hmm. in your magic. So... Think of it like how people have been um, using the seven-day candles with pictures of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg or mm -hmm. the seven-day candles with Guy Fieri. Those all count as pop magic, like you're bringing in that, that energy that okay. those people embodied in their life. And that's not just, you know, that's just sort of the tip of the pop magic iceberg, but that's, that's a pretty good place to jump. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're someone who's very uncomfortable with straight visualization, using pictures like this is a very good starting point. It helps you get used to sort of that different focus. Yeah. And it's also a good way to work with a deity who is new to you. It helps you picture them in a more traditional setting, in their more traditional setting. So those are two good beginning meditations. And now I think we just want to have a little chat about types of meditations and the things that have happened to us during meditations. Today, I didn't expect much to happen, even though I have all the stuff around me. Yesterday, I started meditation and I was a guided meditation. And I actually, it was kind of funny because it wasn't a true picture, but they were talking about walking down the steps. I actually saw some steps. That's huge for you. That is huge for me. Besides the one time with the castle door 40 feet high. But then, you know, it faded out and I couldn't get it back. But I'm like, okay, that's a start. It was like big kind of stone steps. And I saw two or three and then it was gone. That's amazing. When you were talking about that, I thought, you know, maybe I should try like some galaxy pictures. I, because I've been starting, well, two or three years ago, I had a moment where I realized that I was thinking too small in my magic and my pagan practice. And I thought, okay, well, what can I do that's bigger? And I thought, well, one of the things that I 
can do for me that's bigger is just imagine myself floating in space and being in space and touching all of that cosmic energy. Not necessarily beating and not your physical body. Um, you picture your body up there. I was picturing my body up there and a couple of times it got real weird and real spooky and I didn't like it because I felt too untethered. Yeah. Um, but most of the time it's very peaceful and it's very um, revitalizing. It's because I feel much more connected to the, the flow of energy in the universe when I, when I do big cosmic meditations. I should have, um, Justin took a picture up in Alaska today or yesterday, and the sun looked like a diamond, and then there was a circle all around it with like some more shapes. I'll have to um, share it with you, but I thought, yes, if done that, that would have been an amazing meditation because it would be your focus. Maybe we need to get his permission to put it on the website. Yes, it's pretty cool. I, it sounds gorgeous. He takes such great pictures. Oh, yes. I, I, love I said, um, seems kind of magical. He goes, yeah, Nancy, you don't know the half of it. What's things that happen up here? <laughs> well, tell us. Tell us everything. Besides <laughs> uh, the amazing fox pictures. Oh, God, I love his fox pictures. So I had a meditation once, and Nancy knows about this, but I was reminded of it Sunday when we went to the zoo. Oh. <laughs> I know where this is going. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> So I uh, do a lot of meditations. I do a lot of visualization meditations. Um, And I had done one where I had decided that I was going to, I started off in the meadow and I walked to a tree and I walked down through the tree um, because the tree was kind of a cave entrance kind of a thing. And I walked down into the earth and into this big cave where there was this beautiful underground pool. And I don't remember like all of the details of it, but I remember at one point I became a seal. Yeah. And I, when I say I became a seal, I didn't visualize swimming like a seal with seals in my consciousness. I was a seal. Amazing. And I swam out of the cave and onto the rocks and sat on the rocks with my seal buddies and hung out there for a while. And then I swung back, I swam back into the cave and then I was a human again. And I just remember thinking when I, when I came back to, I remember thinking, oh, okay, that was probably the most intense meditation I've ever, ever had where, so usually for me, when I meditate and visualize, I can have a conversation with my deity and I'm having a conversation with my deity, but there's still a detached, I'm still sitting on the floor in my house Yeah. thing happening. That was not the thing that happened with this one. There was no separate self. Did you feel like a shapeshifter or you just felt like you were always... I was a seal. Mm. I can't... I was a seal. I, I mean, I, I know that... I, it, it's like with most mystical experiences where you, you, the experiencer, know what happened to you, but finding the words for it, mm-hmm. because the words for it, our, our language doesn't always have words for things outside standard consciousness. Yeah. 
So when I say I was a SEAL, the best I can do (laughs) is just reiterate, I wasn't Kristen the human. I was a SEAL. I didn't have a name anymore. I was just a SEAL. I wonder what the message was in that. That I want to be a Selkie? No. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Freedom of SEAL. I mean, we can have a conversation about why Elsa's hanging out with Kelpies, but no, don't want to do that. <laughs> um, I, I was absolutely, it was, it was intense and it was magical. And, you know, usually it's something that sits at the back of my head. And I, I remember, you know, that sense of freedom and yada, yada, but we went Sunday to the, to the zoo um, and had got to sit with the seal, you know, sit in the mm-hmm. space that the seals are. And it was very, mm-hmm. very quiet because the zoo has been very, very good about COVID practices. And so it's already less people and it's the seal cove is tucked away and anyway. And so it was very, very quiet and uh, bug and I sat and just watched the seals for 10 minutes or so just and I remember I remember looking at one of the seals because one of them kept looping around and coming back and looping around and coming back and I just remember thinking I was like you like I I knew what he was feeling and I I knew what that seal was feeling and thinking and and being when I was staring at that seal yeah I, I can't explain it any other way And, you know, that's not exactly a meditation experience that's going to happen when you go to talk to your deities or your ancestors. What's your um, most memorable meditation talking to a deity and which one was it? (laughs) So uh, it was uh, absolutely hands down the most memorable was when I first went uh, to, when I first said, okay, okay, fine, (laughs) ma'am, if you want to work with me, fine, we'll go have a conversation. I had been um, being called by the Morrigan a lot. Uh, By this point, she had thrown a book at me. Spit it in the ball that I got hit with. Well, and she threw a literal book. Oh. Uh, I was at the library and I turned down the aisle for, you know, witchcraft and pagan things. Mm-hmm. I turned down it looking specifically. I had actually, uh, intent. my intention was to find a tarot book that I was looking for. And I turned it down that aisle and I got about halfway down and a book on working with the Morgan literally came flying off the shelf and hit my head. Wow. And I'm like, um, and this is, this is after several months of her trying to get my attention and me just being like, no, you're big, scary, scary, scary. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then she threw a book at my head and I went, um, well, you're scary and violent, I guess. Hang, I guess this is what we're doing now. Um, so I had decided, all right, I will do, this meditation where I, I build you an altar and I do all of these things. Um, 
And she just, she came to the space that I built and she said, your preconceived notions of me are partially true and partially false. And you're only ever going to figure it out if you let go of your preconceived notions, not just of me, but of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that the work I would be doing would be hard and icky and not in the way I expected. Hmm. And then she just turned around and walked off. And I'm like, I, I uh, okay. I'm supposed to do with that. <laughs> hmm. Have you um, communicated with her since? I have communicated with her a couple of times since nothing as usually it's more like, okay, I, I don't know what you want for me and her coming in and going, well, you do. You just don't want to admit it. And she's never wrong. She's never wrong. Not about that. So. Have you ever communicated with an archangel? No, I have not. Um, In part. And I, I know that this is baggage that I carry, but in part I have religious trauma. Yeah. And oh, not, I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, this is just me. I've, in the last year or so, I've kind of separated them from Christianity. And I don't know if that's the right path, but. See, and here's the funny thing that you say that. I've been doing that with saints. Yeah. I've been like, okay, well, if we study things from a more objective and not faith-based perspective, if we if we study things historically, what mm-hmm. we come to find out is that things like saints, so many saints, especially the Irish saints, were, were deities that have been co-opted by, by Christianity, specifically Catholicism. Yeah. But if we look at demons, demons also have been co-opted. Like if you, there's not a lot of talk of demons in the actual Bible, like in the act, which I have read cover to cover twice. Thank you very much. Um, and there's not a lot of talk of demons. When you talk about demons, you're usually talking things that are effectively popular culture. They're just popular culture from the 1500s. Yeah. Okay. So who's the demon and what are the demons teaching you? Well, if you read the demonology book, which were written in the 1500s by a lot of men, mostly, you find that a lot of the demons were teaching humans things like compassion and science. (laughs) You want that? Oh no. All these good things that humans, you know, yeah. um, The fear basin. So I've started. Yeah. A lot of fear. And, and I think, and there's a lot of saints that have been elevated because they teach because they're, So there's a saint. Oh, I'm not going to remember his name. Mm. I'm so sorry, sir. Uh, But he's the saint of cats. So stray cats specifically. And of knee wounds. And (laughs) I I know, but I love it. That's that's pretty specific. No, I love it. I'm here for it. Give me more of this nonsense. Um, (laughs) So... Why, why I would be down to work with a guy like that. Like I have bad knees. Like what else could he teach me? Yeah. And can, and, and, and he's probably, you know, so, so while I haven't personally worked with our arch, archangels, 
I've worked with saints to a degree mm -hmm. and I'm, I've been working, I've been tiptoeing around working with demons and I'm putting that in quotes. You can't see it. Yeah. Um, but I'm putting that in air quotes because I'm, I'm so much of the work that I do is based on the energy that a person, even when my, when I'm working face to face with clients, what is the energy you're bringing me? Yeah. What is the energy you're bringing me? So why I, yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down to explore more of that. Yeah, so much of it's made up. Or I saw um, it's a little off topic, but years ago I was on. <laughs> I you know, I never do that. Um, years ago, I was on a business trip, and um, I was watching a movie, and it was about afterlife and life and all that. That for thousands of years they've tried to cover up afterlife and all that because if they don't have you fear about this life they couldn't control you and i fell asleep and i cannot figure out that movie was but it was really really interesting that they wanted to hide all that because they can't control you if you think i'm just here for this experience and i'm going to go on and go on and go on and i am um, i uh, so so my religious upbringing bringing i'm a minister's daughter um, and when I say that, I'm, my father is the person who taught me to question everything. So I was not raised in a church of, that was remotely evangelical. My religious trauma comes from outside my family. But, you know, I remember being taught reincarnation. I remember being taken to mosques and uh, temples and every possible religious experience my dad could share with us he shared with us so that we knew we weren't the only people with the answers yeah right okay. that it was very forward thinking of him i just it's he was i i am so grateful for it um because you turn around and you see people who are just like the only way is this way and it has to be very specifically this way and we are so not where we started this conversation um, <laughs> new to me take you down a dark, another path <laughs> but but it kind of yeah no it relates to med meditation meditation no matter what style of meditation you use and there's so many out there i mean except for a few that have end goals like a relaxation meditation that's going to have a very specific end goal you want to be fully relaxed please don't do that in the tub that is true. I, I beg of you, don't do that in the tub. Um, but, you know, these visualizations where we're going into spaces and just, you know, where we're visualizing our, our, our psyches, our egos, our subconscious, our whatever, going into these spaces and then letting the space, letting our mind just wander and create, even if we're the person creating it, even if, even if we're the person in control of the creation, you're giving free reign to your subconscious yeah. to explore so much other stuff um, that you'll find different answers because you're letting your subconscious, which, you know, if you've studied psychology, even a little bit, your brain takes in everything, mm -hmm. but it files what's important. Yeah. So, or like we talk, analyze what, mm -hmm. like we've talked about, multi-dimensional how your body mm -hmm. your brain's like i've never seen that before okay that's a bug 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interprets the way based on its past history. And so those of us who question things. Uh, the other thing that was funny is um, I looked over at Alexa after we talked about the galaxy and there was a galaxy picture on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, some, some people meditate to empty their minds. Some people meditate to gain better focus. Wh- whatever reason you do it, you're doing it to better yourself in some way. And I applaud that period. Um, If you're doing visualization meditations to connect with the greater than you're going to have some bizarre experiences because your subconscious, even, even if we take it at the most scientific explanation, I don't. But even if you are a person who wants to take it at the most scientific explanation, you're your subconscious is going to go, I have free reign to be weird. And your brain is going to let itself be weird. I, I know for a fact that my brain has connected with things I don't understand. And that's okay. And yourself and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm still hoping one day I either A, figure out what the flashes are. <laughs> or can meditate more than a 40 foot castle door but the, you know, the couple steps yesterday, I'm like, I'm going to take that as a I'm gonna take that as a win. Take it as a win. That's a win. It is a win. For you, For that is a big brain. win. <laughs> left brain, that is a win. Yeah. So we'll go from there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us. Uh, you can find us at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, CastBox under thelunarmagicteatime.com. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at lunarmagicteatime.com and Facebook and the Facebook group. And there is merch on Teespring. Awesome. And I hope that each one of you had a better (laughs) result of meditation with this video than me <laughs> that. <laughs> that will be possible and like always have a magical day and stay safe out there <laughs>